0: We, uh, we as a church, we're in the middle of this series, uh, talking about extraordinary people. And uh, really the heart of it is just ordinary people who are living life, who choose to lean into what God has for them and God meets them in that and does extraordinary things through them. And I'm uh, doing youth ministry a long time and getting to, uh, to, to love these guys and walk through life with them, um, it's getting to be more and more clear and uh, more and more heartbreaking to watch uh, the way culture is changing, and the stream in which culture goes, and the stream in which faith goes, those are so divergent. And to, uh, it's for these young people to stand in the world that we live in and try to become people of faith is exponentially harder than, uh, than it was for me and even for old guys like Art when he was a kid. I mean, it's, it's just a, a whole different ballgame. And, um, and so this morning, um, our seniors are, are going to share, um, and, uh, but the, the, the ordinary person that, that inspired us and inspired our conversation this morning is the, is the Apostle Thomas. Um, Thomas is somebody who had a extraordinary doubt and, uh, and didn't give up, and in that God met him in an extraordinary way. And so let me pray for us and for our seniors. Anna Silva is going to get us uh, started off this morning, and away we go, okay? All right. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the way that you don't sugarcoat things, that you just lay it out there, real people trying to really love you. And I pray that that would be the same for us, that we would be real people who are really trying to love you. I thank you for Anna and uh, and for these other seniors who are going to be sharing. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon them, that you would speak through them, and that you would have a word for us in them. You're an incredible God and we love you so much. Amen and amen.
1: I remember my little niece ran up to me and told me, we learned about Jesus today. And I could tell by her smile, she was so excited to learn about this man that she did not quite know yet. But after all, without a doubt, She knew for it to be true, because, after all, mommy said so. And that was the first time in a long time I envied a child, because she had no idea of what it feels like to doubt, what it feels like to have your entire belief system overloaded with skepticism, to never know the day where you could finally be able to live beyond the shadow of darkness that I've lived in its darkness for so long. It seems as if I have all the right questions, but never enough answers. And my faith is as small enough to fit into the cracks of my palms, God. Every night, I lay my head down to sleep and the city of my mind is attacked by the legions of questions, threatening the living rooms of my sanity and holding them hostage, can you help me? I remember a conversation I had with a close friend who laid in a hospital bed like a bus stop, waiting for God to come pick her up. I had never seen such pain and such confidence living in the same eyes. While I was happy for her, something inside of me wished that somehow, before she passed away, she could pass down her confidence in God like an old family picture I remember. Sitting on a pew on the back of a cold sanctuary, crying because I desperately wanted what the preacher was saying to be true. But my doubts were preaching a sermon of their own and the streams of my tears turned into oceans of frustration. I remember sitting in a high school classroom and the only thing being tested was my faith in God and the only thing passing was my hope. Me in a backpack full of fear. Nowhere to go and no one to help me unpack. Asleep. I sleep, but I never rest. These lines around my eyes are not wrinkles. They are maps that lead you to my pain. I'm tired, I'm tired, and I'm longing for the day where I can leave my fingers in his nail-pierced hands because honestly, I've considered quitting. But where will I go, back? There's no home in the land of the living. So I keep pushing forward. Today, I have faith, but I can't make any promises about tomorrow. I'm surprised I've held on this long. God, just make me feel like I'm not crazy. Let me know that I'm not just making friends with these walls. When I pray, I'm not questioning you. I've just got questions. Don't leave me here. Don't. Don't leave me. My child, My child, when it seems like you have all the right questions, but never enough answers, and your faith is as small enough to fit into the cracks of your palms I told you. Faith, the size of a mustard seed, can rearrange whole landscapes and turn mountains into open highways. Faith comes by my word, so maybe you've cuffed your ears, my child. Don't be childish have faith. I'm not telling you to have a blind faith. I'm telling you to consider the blind man who had faith and who believed in my word for they weren't even able to see me. Consider the birds that eat from my hand and do not fall from the sky without my consent. So how much more will you love the ones that I died before you doubt me? Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts and you will see that they are just as empty as the tomb that I walked from. Truth is, truth is, you know I'm there. You know my truth and you're scared. Scared of what that means. Scared of what that should cost you. But I am the author and the finisher of your faith. I have never started a work that I will not finish. I am the one. I am the one who will give you courage and stand death in the face and say, how dare you scare me? I know who I belong to. And when it feels like you are drowning, and when it feels like you are drowning, just know that I'm there. I'm there. Like when I drown in the Red Sea of my own blood for you? And these hands that took holes will hold you? And when I told you that I will love you forever, I meant it. Don't you see these rings in my hands and see that we are married? For better or for worse, for sickness and in health, through faith into questions, to death brings us closer, I am yours. I am yours, and you are mine, I promise, thank you. Um, This rhythm, this pattern that happened to me over and over in my life, as, um, as we can see in lives of other people, Um, With the doubts and confusions that are part of the daily life of a high schooler, I find comfort and hope um, in the extraordinary persons whose path we walk in today. Um, The Apostle Thomas had real doubts and real confusion and real needs. He doesn't back off or back down in the slightest. He brings his doubts to God. He expresses them in community and faith, and sure enough, Jesus shows up. Like I said, And I'm longing for the day where I can leave my fingers in his nail-pierced hands, because honestly, I've considered quitting. But where will I go? I won't go back. And this is my prayer for me, my classmates, and for our church today. And here are some of the classmates and some of their struggles, doubts, and anxieties, and that they wrestle with, and wrestle with bringing to God into their community.
2: I think um, just as a senior, um, there's always doubt for the future, and I'm the kind of person who likes to plan everything out, and I like to know what's going to happen, like I make lunch plans and like plans for the weekend, like I really like to know how things are going to go. Um, so when I came to college, I thought like, you know, like I'm going to know exactly where I want to go, like I'm going to get in, and I, I just But I actually really struggled, and I really struggled to, I guess, just trust God, Um, because I guess like in that period of time, I didn't trust Him, and I didn't trust myself either to make the best decisions, because I was choosing between a big public school and a small Christian school, so in terms of faith, you'd think, the obvious decision is to go for the small Christian school. Um, and a lot of people at church told me, you know, yeah, go to the small Christian school. Like, you know, like, that's probably, like, that's yeah, like a good option. And then people at school, oh, you know, like, uh, go to the big university. Like, it's a better school. Like, why would you even consider a small school? And then um, when it actually came down to it. You know, I had all these people telling me where to go. Um, And then I finally just sat down and sat with God and decided not to listen to what other people had to say. Um, I guess, you know, like listening to where I should go based on other people and listening to where I should go based on God. Um, And um, when I visited, I actually found, like God was calling me to go to a bigger university. even though, you know, logically you'd think small Christian university, that's where I'm gonna grow my faith, but um, I actually saw myself growing so much more at UCSB. So um, I think like when I pushed that doubt aside of just like my future and I actually started listening to um, what God had on my heart and what God had in my future.
3: Something I'm struggling with is knowing what the right thing to do is at the right time. So for example, like, I'm, like, I had to decide where I was going to college. I needed to decide between two places. And I didn't really know which place to go because I loved both of them. And so I was struggling with that. And my doubt was, what does God want me to do? What do I want to do? And how do I distinguish between the two? So I would go to um, house and youth group every week and the people there would pray for me and I'd be able to talk to other people there. And it was a great experience um, being able to share my doubt with other people and not feeling alone in it. So, as um, the weeks progressed on and on, I um, felt a peace about going to um, Point Loma, the college I'm going to. And so I decided that this was the Lord and that's how the community helped me. The community at House helped me to decide on something where I wasn't sure if it was me or the Lord.
4: One thing that I've been um, struggling with or doubting about my faith is that being comfortable with my own self and knowing that I am a good enough Christian, the level that I think is the like the perfect Christian and um, being able to spread God's word and God's love to other people um, because it's really difficult when you think you're not at that point in your faith or you're struggling or you don't know where you are or you know you like get distracted from school and um, I recently experienced um, like a period when I didn't go to youth group or I couldn't find time to go to church and I kind of had a little fall off of like you know I had a hard time communi- communi- communicating with God and I like stopped talking to him and um... That kind of made me feel guilty, or I kind of got confused in where I am in my faith, and that made me feel that feel like that I wasn't allowed to spread god 's Word and kind of share with other people like how much God means to me because I wasn't that perfect Christian, I guess um, but I recently uh, was able to find time in my life to go back to youth group and kind of communicating with my friends and talking to Kayla and kind of struggling but also getting through and like figuring out what I was struggling with and I was able to learn that like having people around like you know going to youth group and like find having that community with me and knowing that other people go through the same thing and feeling that they're not good enough for God or Um, good enough of a Christian or a Christ follower to be able to spread his word, Um, but also I was able to learn that by doing so you get to be closer to God and strengthen your faith and strengthen your relationship with him and that was really eye-opening and powerful for me and that's something I was able to learn through youth group and Sunday services.
5: Last year I definitely um, struggled a lot with my belief in god um, for a lot of reasons but i think mainly the voices i was listening to in my life um, and i didn't really i don't think i really realized how much they affected me and um but as like time went on and i think i was kind of doubting my faith in god um, i definitely like stopped pursuing my relationship with him and ultimately like that led to not seeing him in my life very much and uh, I think I was in a very just different place and uh, one day I was driving with my dad and um, definitely was like trying to work through some of these questions I was having and uh, doubts that I was feeling and um, he kind of walked through a bunch of them with me uh, but ultimately he said uh, isn't there something more like the love you feel for your sisters and for your friends and uh, the way like nature is so beautiful like that's not all an accident like like the love that you have and that you feel like isn't just chemicals in your brain and the mountains aren't just like just there they don't just like appear without um, a creator and I think I was just like Heck yeah! <laughs> like that's so true. Um, but of course, like I knew that, but I just I had never like really thought about it um, in that way. And I think since then that let me like feel okay about like working through uh, the questions I was having, and especially like I was able to talk to people who had really strong faith, but also were working through questions they had and. Um, and how that's a part of being in relationship with God is like you can have questions, you can have things you're struggling with, but like you can continue to deeper your relationship with Him and
2: um, yeah.
6: I suppose I started this year off on a, on a rough note. I had been in Utah for a few months seeking treatment for depression and anxiety. Um, and there was a lot of dread coming into a second attempt at my senior year. But um, I consulted a lot of older Christians, a lot of my family members, members of my community, and there was sort of a message from all of them that was quite unanimous, that Christianity doesn't mean that your life will be easy. Um, But it does mean that in the end, all things are in God's hands, and I think it's okay to dread things, but there's no need to get caught up in anxiety about the future of the uncertainty, because the sun rises every morning.
7: Morning. Good morning. Is this on? All right. Um. There we go. So uh, when I was told that I would be, be talking this morning, they told me I'd be going after Anna. Uh, they didn't tell me what she was going to do. <laughs> Who get another round of applause for Anna? That was fantastic. Oh, man. All right. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, my name is Tyler Bortel. I just, I'm finishing up my senior year at the Bay School, and I'll be headed up to Reed College in Portland, Oregon next year. Uh, For those of you who already knew all of that, you know, sorry. (laughs) But today we're focusing on a passage from John 20 with Thomas, who is someone who we're calling extraordinary for his, his willingness to deal with doubt, and it says there that on that one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So I wanted to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about my faith and, uh, and what doubt looks like to me. So I don't think that I have a really traditional faith story. Uh, or miraculously. I don't think that my faith comes from a super common place. I was you know, raised in the church, as a lot of my peers were, but there wasn't really any pressure from the home environment for me and to keep going after maybe, I don't know, seventh grade or so. My mom has always been there to encourage me, and I'm super grateful for that. Thanks, Mom. Um, but uh, I've oh, never been here because I had to be. And that being said, I also didn't come here out of a place of, of, you know, of deep brokenness. And I I don't think I'm alone when I say that stories of how people came to the Lord in their time of need and he helped them out from between a rock and a hard place, they're super touching. And I could listen to them all day, but I don't have one of those. And I mean, I'm not complaining. I grew up a white, straight male in Marin County to parents, you know, with enough money to keep me more than comfortable. And it's important that I recognize that privilege uh, when I wrestle with issues that might be a little more distant to me than they are to some of my peers. However, there certainly are issues that I struggle with, and those are the issues that come in the day in and day out of my faith. And one of those, the one that today is about, is doubt. I think I experience doubt in two big ways. There's the doubt of others, and there's the doubt of myself. Now by the doubt of others, I mean dealing with being a Christian in an overwhelmingly atheistic atheistic academic environment in a post-Christian world. My two primary fields of expertise are physics and philosophy, and when most people ask me what those have to do with each other, I, you know, I used to explain how I love to straddle the border between the cutting edge of cosmological knowledge and the philosophical ramifications of such a fundamental understanding of our existence, <laughs> but really the thing they have in common is that they're two of the most atheistic disciplines in the world, and a lot of people find tension when they think about being a man of science and also a man of faith. They think that by learning the mathematical explanations for the behavior of the universe, you know, one would become disenchanted by the whimsy of an infinitely loving God in a finite and unforgiving world. But the contrary is the case. When I'm at the board working out the math for something truly extraordinary, then do I feel the most in touch with the God of the universe. I feel closest to the maker of the stars when I can see the detail in his handiwork. But enough poetry, let me show you an example. Now, I wanted to put an equation up here so you could really get the full picture, but I didn't want to assume any prior knowledge of differential equations, and I don't know how long it's been since any of you have taken calculus, so we're gonna skip that and just talk a little bit. Um, You might have seen something like these before. I don't know if you can see them back there. Just little magnets, neodymium magnets. They're pretty cool. And they're a lot of fun to play with, but you've probably wondered in the past why it is that they stick together. Now, the easy answer is because they're magnetic, but you know, that's dumb. Giving something a name isn't the same as explaining it. Here's what's actually happening, okay. You may have heard of photons, they're the particles of light, absolutely tiny. The sun emits about a bazillion of them every second, as does anything that shines light. Now, when these tiny massless particles bounce off of things, they lose a little bit of their energy. And if that photon goes into your eye, you have tiny receptors all over the back of your eye that recognize where they came from and how much energy they lost bouncing off of things. We call that color. It's crazy, but that's like borderline common knowledge. Here's something that isn't. (laughs) Photons, these particles of light that let you see things, are actually also responsible for facilitating the electromagnetic force, which is responsible for magnetic interactions like we see with these magnets. Long story short, the particles in a magnet need some way of knowing where all the other magnetic particles are or in the universe, and they use photons to do it. Any two magnetically interacting particles are, or, or, They're constantly exchanging information about their location and their proximity to others through the electromagnetic force, and by extension, through photons. Uh, And by the way, every electron of every atom in the universe, which they're like 10 to the 10 to the 70th of, are affected by the electromagnetic force. Which means that there are photons going between every single one of those particles, everywhere, constantly. That's insane. (laughs) What kind of madness is that? Well, in my mind, that's the Lord's brand of madness. Let me tell you, this system is beyond genius. You hear people saying that humans could never match the beautiful complexity of nature, and man, the closer you look at things, the truer that is. I am in so much awe that God came up with something so bonkers to create such elegance. You know, in a world of powerful people and incredible technology, it's really nice to remember every once in a while that, you know, infinite power is a lot more than anything anyone has ever come close to in our our sort of, our limited sort of world. But that's what faith looks like to me in a physics lab. But what does any of that have to do with doubt? Well, it wasn't always that way. Way back in freshman year, when I was still figuring out both physics and my faith, and to be clear, I really don't understand either of those yet, I was scared. I knew that I was going to be studying with and under a lot of atheists, and I sure didn't think that the material would help me in my walk with God. But it did. I found God exactly where I doubted him. The crazy thing is that Thomas had a very similar experience. Thomas teaches us that doubt isn't something to be afraid of, it's something to be embraced. More importantly, go looking for it, and go looking for God in your doubts. You will find him. We don't worship a God that will hide from you. If you're not sure about something, go deeper. Look for him, seek him out, and you will find him. For a while, I wasn't sure about how my love of physics would interact with my faith, but God will meet you where you need him to, just like he met me and just like he met Thomas. And that's what keeps me coming back. I go to school to learn about the crazy world that God created, but that's really just an inspiration to come back here and learn how to be in relationship with him. Seeing exactly what it is that God has created in this vast, magnificent world provides a basis for how great his power is. And hey, maybe physics isn't your thing. It's probably not your thing, but that doesn't matter because it doesn't need to be. Find something in this world that makes you wonder, is, is God over there? See over there? because I guarantee you he is. If you challenge him to meet you there, he'd be happy to oblige. Can we pray? I'll pray. Heavenly Father, I wanna thank you so much for this opportunity to to get up here with the rest of my seniors and and talk about my faith and my relations with you. And I just wanna hope that everyone, everyone who's listening right now understood some of what I said, and that it had something to do with what you wanted me to. But I want to thank you for this fantastic church and this great organization that has, that has supported me this far through my life, and that as I move on and past it, that it can always be a part of my heart. In your name, Father, amen. Thank you.
0: Alright. Well we have some incredible peeps, don't you think? Yeah. Hey, um, let's give uh let's give them all to one big all of them big round. they so good. So come over. Oh we're not doing that yet. Um so I want to invite up our seniors, um, if there are seniors who came in late and are stragg- struggling, I mean straggling, we're all struggling. I want to invite you to come on up and join these guys. Um, we're going to have just a little last youth group moment, okay? And you guys all got to be a part of it. Um, I get to take my um, youth pastor privilege uh, and a pastor of the church and the mic that's on to uh, just say a couple things, okay? So I just have a couple things I'd like to share with you. Um, One is, gosh, you did it, right? You've been waiting your entire life for this moment, for this week to be done and to be peace out of this high school deal. My son just entered middle school last year and he's like, they sell Izzy's. It's like this big thing, you know, when you go into middle school and like, we went to high school, it's like, oh, and we can leave campus. And now you're like, "Uh, I'm done with high school and you are out of here. So well well done. I'm so, so very proud of you. Um, I... Um, I I mentioned this before to you, but I think it's helpful to know that you've been running so hard, so hard to get to this moment, to put the period at the end of the book that marks your childhood. And you're old, and you're beautiful, and handsome, and brilliant, but this moment is really the end of your childhood book, and you are ready to open up your adulthood book. And I love what you all shared this morning, because what you shared this morning is this idea, this wrestling, you've had this childlike faith, this childish faith. You know, we teach you Veggie tail songs and flannel graphs and orange songs and youth group and VBS, right? We do all these things to help you know how much God loves you, but it really is this childish faith. And as you've gotten older, you, that childish faith has, has bumped headlong into the real world and into the adult world, and that's what doubt is. Doubt is this movement, this indicator, this thing that pushes you through your childish faith into this new thing. And, uh, and my hope and prayer is to do exactly that. you encourage us this morning, that you would not give up and grow weary there's a lot to doubt and there's a lot to be scared of and there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of challenge. And you have taught us and encouraged us to push through, to run through. And when you run through when you push through that, at the other side is a maturing faith, is a, is a deepening faith. And so I would just love for you to listen to the words that you gave us this morning, to be like Thomas, to ask the hard questions, to not be scared of the answers, but don't, don't leave the community that loves you because that's where Jesus is going to show up. I have three quick little challenges uh, that I would love to give you. One is simply this. Ask the hard questions. Ask them. Don't be scared of them. Don't be like, if I ask that, it's all over. I mean, run headlong. There's no question that is too big or too scary for God. There are smarter and wiser people who are working it out, so ask them. But don't just do the easy work of asking the questions. Do the hard work, of actually trying to find the answers. That's one. Number two, oh, I forgot already. I was so nervous. Um, (laughs) The second one is this, that you um, Mike, I would implore you to continue to take steps towards Jesus. I know being a Christian is not that cool at school. You've experienced that. College is that on steroids. And you're gonna be, everything about your life is gonna be to run away from Jesus and all of us old fuddy-duddies. But Jesus is where life is, and keep taking steps towards him. And when things get hard, and when things get challenging, and you crash and burn, and you have doubts, and things go haywire, just take a baby step, and take a baby step, and God will always meet you in those baby steps. And the third is simply this. you are incredible people, not just because I know you and love you, not just because we've known you since you were little babies and love you, but because you are God's workmanship. You are his masterpieces. He created each of you individual, beautiful, gifted, and called people, and God longs for you to use all of the depth of your being to be a part of his creation to bring about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Those are my three challenges. The last is not a challenge. It's just an encouragement. And it's just as simply this that you just have to know how loved you are. I love you with all of my heart. Our church loves you with all of its heart. You are always, always, always welcome here. We are your people. It does not matter what happens when you walk out this door, no matter where you are, when you are, whenever the day that you come back and visit us and come and join us for worship or pop in and say hi, you are family, and you are welcome, and you are our precious, precious people. And really what that is, is it's simply a picture in the real world what's happening in the heavenly worlds? You are God's people, and no matter how far you go and the distances you travel, you are always God's precious daughters and sons from now and forever. And when you need a reminder of that, you need to come here and uh, get some hard candy from us old people, and we'll just tell you how beautiful and precious and lovely you are, okay? So, I love you guys, I can't believe you are done, but this is where it gets to be really fun, so instead of me like calling going, "Come to Go the youth group, we just get to talk about life and hang out now, so it's so fun. We have one last thing we're gonna do before we wrap up our senior Sunday. These guys are up here, like they mentioned, they're not up here in an isolated moment all by themselves, but they're simply part of our church community. And there's just been so many people who've had the opportunity to love you and to walk with you. And I just wanted them to be a part of this as we pray for you. So if you are part of our youth staff, if you're part of our youth group, if you're an old alumni and you're so cool in college now, um, if you are one of our pastors or you had these guys when they were little babies in children's ministry, anywhere in that, just get up out of your seat and come on up here and put your hand on these guys we're gonna, and we're gonna pray for them. Would you stand, and let's do this. If you'd extend your hand one last time, and, let, and let's pray for these guys. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, I thank you so much for the gift of these students to our lives. I thank you that you've created life and faith in such a unique way that we never arrive. It's not only that we look to people older to us to learn and to grow and to be challenged, but we must look to people younger to us, younger than us to grow and to challenge us. So God, we pray that we would hear what these guys had to say, that we would be encouraged and challenged and shaped to know you and love you more and more. And specifically, we lift up these seniors, God. We thank you for the opportunity to have written so much into this book of their childhood. And now as a church, God, we send them out into the big bad world. We pray, God, that your hand of blessing and protection would be on them, that they would be people that would know you and love you and serve you all the days of their life. We pray that we as a whole church, we people that would not give up in our doubts, but that we would lean in and we would give you honor and glory both now and forevermore. Amen Amen. and amen.